0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable live from New York. I don't know if it's live. I haven't decided if we're going to go live yet. We're going to see what this taping sounds like, and then we'll make a decision about the live. But like I said, I am in New York this week. I am goo excited to be here. I've only been here about 24 hours, but it's off to an amazing start. I walked in my hotel lobby to check in and I was early and I was like, hi, I'm here to check in. You know, my name's Demetria Lucas and I'm digging in my bag and the guy behind the desk, he was a cutie. He said, I love your podcast. Aww. And he was really sweet. He um, upgraded my room. He put me on the eighth floor. I think the room that he gave me is a little bigger than the one that, um, that I reserved. Because I figured I wasn't going to be in my room. Like it's really just here to sleep and change clothes. So I was like, oh, I don't need anything fancy. But he got me a really good room and he got me a room with a really good view and he got me champagne. So I hope he's listening to this episode. Thank you very much. For obvious reasons, I'm not saying the name of the hotel until after I check out, but I will let you know what it is. It's one of my favorite hotels in the city. I've stayed here before, but I like it lots. It's a really good location. But yesterday, um, first thing, like I got in at 12 and and by two, I was at the Brooklyn Museum. I was meeting my cousin, Cousin Jason. If you, you know, watch me on the thing that we do not talk about, he was on the show with me as well. But I met up with Cousin Jason and one of my friends, Yanis, who recently moved here from Atlanta. And we went to the cause exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum, which was amazing. I've been seeing tons of people posting from the exhibition. So I'd seen most of it even before I got there because I'd seen all the photos online. But it's really even better in person. I wanted to get one of the little statues as a souvenir. But they were like little little foot tall statues. $200 each. And they were all sold out in every color. So allegedly they're on back order. And they'll have more in. But the exhibition ends the beginning of September. So I don't know. Maybe they'll get them in in August. I don't know. I won't be here to get one. But maybe order them online. I also wanted to buy the souvenir book. But it's really, really heavy. And I didn't want to lug it back to D.C. and then lug it to the next destination on the Odyssey. And then I was like, well, I could buy it and then I could ship it. And then it was just too much of a freaking headache. So I was like, I'll just order it online. Plus, the one that they have online, it doesn't ship until September. But it's pink and black. And they didn't have pink and black in the bookstore. It's a win. I just got to wait for my win. Jason was like, be patient. Patience is a virtue. And I was like, but I want it now. Like, full on Veruca Salt. And he was like, yes, and patience is a virtue, stop it. He has daughters, he gets me. The three of us went to eat after the museum and we decided to sit outside because even though it looked like, you know, imminent doom rain, we just wanted to be outside because like, it, like with the nice breeze, it actually felt really good. But we were all sitting at the table and then we realized like we're all only kids. And I was like, oh, this is why I love you so actually Jason has a brother but I think there's like a 15 year age difference so he was like for all intents and purposes And I was like yeah I feel you but no my Brooklyn adventures have been really good the museum and then lunch I came back to the city and we had cocktails then I met up with my friend Fabrice we were supposed to have more cocktails we did and then I had too many cocktails and I was like bro I gotta eat so we ended up eating we went to this really cute place in Chinatown which I'd never heard of Chinese tuxedo have you been there But they did have like a new sort of speakeasy situation in their basement, which is new. It's really cute. They had, um, what is the decor? The, The light fixtures were flowers, like flower petals. And then they had, what is it called? Cherry blossoms. They had cherry blossoms hanging from the ceiling. It was really, really beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. I liked it much. And the food was good. I would actually go back there like right now. If I wasn't sitting here recording this podcast, I would go over there right now to get crispy eggplant like the crispy eggplant is up there with those crab cake egg rolls that says a lot about the quality of that eggplant i met the chef at the restaurant he came by our table really nice guy for knows everybody i love him what else is going on i got up this morning and, and walked over the brooklyn bridge i specifically stayed downtown i'm staying in Tribeca. But I specifically chose to stay downtown just so I could get up every day and walk over the Brooklyn Bridge. It was one of those things that I loved doing when I was in New York. And I was like, while I'm here, I just want to feel like a New Yorker again. I mean, a New Yorker who's staying in like, you know, a luxurious hotel. But a New Yorker nonetheless. All my friends are very surprised that I'm not staying in Brooklyn. Like I texted Bevy the other day and I was like, Bevy, do you want to go to dinner? But before she even said yes, she was like, Brooklyn is not my ministry. And I was like, why did you assume that I was going to invite you to Brooklyn? She'll do a little bit of Manhattan. She might come down to 23rd Street. But I told Bevy, I was like, Bevy, I will come to Harlem and we can have dinner in Harlem. You just tell me when and what time. So she picked a place and she promised shits and shenanigans, which I was like, I'm holding you to this. I, I expect to have a, a grand good time and a good dear mum in the morning. If it's a boring night, it's on Bevy, but ain't never been a boring day with Bevy Smith. So I've known Bevy for like literally 20 years. What else? Oh, Bevy's having a dinner series. Um, I saw her posting about dinner with Bevy, dine with Bevy. She used to have a dinner with Bevy series years ago. This one is dine with Bevy. So she's taking her dine with Bevy. I think it's a life with vision. Let me look it up. Yes, dining with Bevy, life with vision. She's going to a bunch of different stops, but the next stop is DC or DMV. She's hosting 50 guests for dinner. So if you are interested in Dining with Bevy, you can go to her website, bevysmith.com. And she outlines all that comes with it. It's um, Dining with Bevy, Life with Vision's purpose is to help individuals fulfill their passions through motivational speaking and visualization exercises while sharing her journey and life experiences. Initially, Bevy created her dinner party business to connect brands with celebrities for mutually beneficial opportunities and collaborations. Dining with Bevy, Life with Vision still connects people, all while helping them discover their most authentic selves in the hopes of creating authentic personal brands, which will allow you to shine brightly and share your gifts with the world. So it's a half hour meet and greet followed by a brunch. Bevy will speak and then engage with attendees with a Q&A. And then the last hour will be reserved for fellowship And photos with Bevy. That's cute. It's $200. And there's an application process. It's just the who, what, how to contact you website. Who are you in your core? Not your profession, not your accomplishments, but your truest self. How do others perceive you? How would you like to be perceived? Mmm. And you have to upload a resume or a bio and a picture. You apparently got to be cute to dine with Bevy. That sounds fun. I like it. Well, I'm looking forward to dining with Bevy tonight. But if you're not dining with us tonight, you might want to dine with Bevy when she's in your city. What else is going on in the world? It's a beautiful day in the city. I should be out gallivanting. and I'm happy to be here with you and do this podcast. The other day, I did like this mask for my hair. And it was like the first time I've had a chance to just... And I sat under the dryer. And it was the first time I just had a chance to just like sit and catch up on all my shows. Because I don't think I've turned the TV on once since July 11th when I left for the Odyssey the hotels in Mexico didn't even have TVs but I actually got a chance to catch up on like a couple of my favorite shows like I would started watching them like I'd watched First Wives Club when I was in Mexico because I was doing that activation with EXO, Nicole and BET Plus so I had to figure out the streaming situation so we could do the Twitter watch party but that's like the only thing I've watched but I had a chance to finish the season the second season that just came out of First Wives Club and it was really good I don't think it was as good as the first season, but I really loved the characters. I could watch them do just like just about anything. Like Jill Scott has this Stella got her groove back storyline, but it's it's more complicated than just like I met a young Jamaican guy and I want to get married. There's a little more to it than that. I didn't like that. Like one of the characters was like on opposite coast of her friends, like literally the entire season. If you watch the first season, she's married to the politician. And I like their storyline. I like the idea of them being, you know, in a long-distance relationship. But, like, I didn't like that she wasn't hanging out with her girls. Remember they did that in Sex and the City? They put Samantha in L.A. And then Carrie Miranda and Charlotte were in New York. And then Samantha was, like, flying back all the time. Which I was like, girl, just move back to the city. You clearly don't want to live in L.A. They didn't do that with this one. Like, she never came back. Like, the idea is that she's opening a law office in L.A., but she never like the the three girls never are together the entire season. It's weird. And I was like is that was like was that a production issue or did y'all like really write that intentionally as the storyline? I didn't care for it. But I still like the show. Does that make sense? I don't think you have to like everything about a show in order to like a show, but I didn't care for that. I want my girls together. I want to see them together and see their energy and chemistry. I'll tell you what did have a good close. I finally watched the final two episodes of All-American. I guess when the Odyssey started, it was up to the episode with the HBCU episode where Simone went to visit her aunt at the HBCU and decided she wanted to go there. But that, that ended really good. And if you didn't see it when it was on the CW, season three of All-American is on Netflix. Like it's like number one in the country, at least a couple days ago, it was number one on Netflix. And I was like, why is it number one? Like the first two seasons have been... (gasps) Season three must be on here, which it was. So if you've not seen the finale of season three, I'm not telling you anything about it, but it's like a start screaming at your screen type moment. Like it's crazy. You should definitely give it a watch. And if you're not watching All American, but especially if you watch 90210 when you were like a kid in high school, like I did, it's like a black 90210. And mind you, I know I talk about this show all the time. I do not get a check for talking about this show First Wild Club, I get paid to do the commercials. I got paid to do, like, the Twitter watch party. I did not get paid to talk about it just now. Like, I genuinely like the show. And I'm invested in other people watching it to make sure it gets a season three. Or in the case of All American, a season four. Because I have to know what happened. I can't tell you anymore. But I have to know what happened. Somebody asked me the other day, they were like, did you or did you not go to the Kanye West thing? Because I thought I saw a video and, like, you mentioned it, but you never really said anything about it. And I was like, there really wasn't much to say. I did go to the Kanye West listening party in Atlanta. My friend who lives in Atlanta, who knows how much I love Kanye West, she was like, I'm going to get us tickets to the concert. Let's go. So I thought that because it was streaming on Apple, that there was going to be some razzle dazzle to the concert, something. But even if it was just like, okay, we're all going to get together and we're going to do this mass listening event. Like, you know, I started my career covering entertainment, music specifically. So we would go to listening parties and the artist would be there and they would introduce every song. And they would say a little something about the inspiration for the song. Like I was in the studio or I was driving or I was, you know, with my, I was going to say mom, but in Kanye's case, not so much. Um, But I was with my friend and we were talking about XYZ or I was flying to, but, but some backstory to like, just give the song like some, I don't know, a personal story. So I was like, if nothing else, like, you know, Kanye will give us personal anecdotes about the song and that's fine. So we get there and we had good seats. Um, It starts like, it starts like an hour and a half late and the Mercedes Benz dome I'd never seen this before. I was really impressed and my girl was like, stop, you act like you've never been nowhere. So the dome can open at the top and let in like natural air. So we're all sitting there for like an hour and then like the dome starts opening up at the top. And I was like, oh my God, is he going to land a helicopter in the middle of the dome? Because there's no floor seats. It's just like big open, like almost like, um, like it would be, I guess, actually I've been to one. So I can say that at like a hockey game. But obviously, with no ice, but I was like, "Oh, is he going to land something, or is he going to be like dropped in from the sky like something because you know it's Kanye West, and he goes like really out the box but he he didn't he um he didn't have a microphone even i didn't realize today until I was like you know just did a quick Google search of Kanye West that he had like what looks like a bank robber nylon mask over his face the whole time I wasn't close enough to see him, and he didn't have um And even though there was a camera, because that's how obviously it was streamed on Apple, but he didn't have that footage projected onto screens around the arena. So for all of us, and again, there's no floor seats, he basically just looked like a red dot in the middle of like a big white floor. Another set of friends went to the concert and one of my girls, Chef Jordan, who was on here a couple weeks ago, she, she went with a woman, I don't know if this is the proper title. I know she's studying to be a Yoruba priestess, but I don't think she is yet. I think as of now maybe um psychic might be the right word to describe her she can tell you about your vibes your energy and the future of your life i think psychic is the right word for that but she said that in the way kanye was moving and then the light shapes that were projected on the floor it had something to do with like the cycle of the moon jordan was trying to like retell me what the psychic had told her and i was like girl that don't you might as well be speaking gibberish I don't understand anything that you're saying to me and she was like I know but just go with cycles of the moon and I was like sure to me it just looked like you know a red dot moving around like he literally did not say anything I think on the final song he did like he walked around the stadium like waving at people like I don't know like very Obama Kennedy-esque and just literally like walked around and and then went away and we were all sitting there like, is, is it over? And then the lights went low and then they started playing the album again. And then the lights went up and everybody was like, oh, I guess it's really over. And the sound was bad. I, I mean, what I did hear, I really enjoyed. But, yeah. But I heard there's going to be a second listening event. Because that event happened in Atlanta on a Thursday. And then Kanye's album was supposed to drop on Friday at midnight, I think. And like the next day I woke up to like go do my workout and I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to some Donda today and I'm all on my title. But then it wasn't on title. And I was like, is something wrong with my phone? Because I know this album came out only to find out that no, the album didn't come out. It's scheduled now for August 6th. Maybe. Who knows? Last I heard, by which I mean, right before I did this podcast, I Googled his name to see if there was any new information. So if I was talking to y'all, I'd be up to date. But Complex said he's still living up in the stadium. He hasn't left the stadium since last Thursday for the listening event. And he's finishing the album that he played for all those people at the listening event. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. Did you have a listening event for an unfinished album? Kanye. I don't have nobody to blame but myself. Like, I know that this man is full of fuckery and shenanigans and I still went to the show. I have no one to blame but myself. I can't be mad. I liked what I heard, but I thought it was the finished album. Shit. But apparently they're still finishing it. And he's doing another listening event, which allegedly is going to be different than the last listening event. I don't know. Would you go? And it's in Atlanta again, too. And I was like, wait, something like 50,000 people went to the first event. You're going to get another 50,000 people or you expect these same people... To go to the next listing event. I don't. What's happening here? I'm not. I'm not clear. But apparently, Mercedes Benz is really excited about this. um, This latest list. This this, these latest antics from Kanye living inside their stadium. They changed the name of their Twitter handle. What did they say? Donda Studio at Mercedes Benz. What did they change it to? Yeah, Donda Studio at Mercedes Benz Stadium. That's what they changed their Twitter handle to. I just want this damn album to come out. It was actually a good album. I mean, Kanye and his antics be damned. Because he said some wild shit. But he does make good music. I'm sorry. This isn't like an R. Kelly situation. He's saying stupid shit. To, to our knowledge, because you never really know. But to our knowledge, he's not out here like raping people, underage or otherwise. We've heard a lot of accusations. We ain't never heard that. Oh, can you hear the sirens in the background? Is it picking up on the tape? Oh, God, it feels good to be home. I saw Jen and Ben are back together. Which I think we already knew. Because, like, right after she broke up with A-Rod, she was down in Miami and Ben came sniffing around. We saw pictures of him at the compound. But on, I want to was it her 52nd birthday? How old is Jennifer Lopez? 52nd. Her 52nd birthday, she released some beautiful images of herself. Because, you know, her body is, like, freaking amazing. Allegedly, she hasn't had work done. I was like, whether you have or have not, honey, you look amazing. I don't care. You look great, sis. But I saw from, um... Oh, this is on Fox News. I don't like to quote Fox News. Apparently, right now, she and Ben are somewhere off the coast of Italy on a $130 million super yacht named Valerie. Okay. I, may, I need to make different choices with my life. I can't sing and I can't dance and I don't think I can act. How do I get a life with a $130 million super yacht? Is it too late for me? Can I still make this happen? I would like to be on a $130 million yacht off the coast of Italy. What can can I do to make this happen? Because even this podcast thing, like, I mean, I'm trying to fuck around and get that Joe Rogan money. Joe Rogan is just 100 million. (laughs) You know, my my manager sent me something the other day because he knows I'm like obsessed with Joe Rogan. It was a story that was talking about, I want to say Joe Rogan did his podcast for like 11 years before he got his $100 million contract. And it was something like 1,400 episodes, I think. And I was like, look, I just surpassed 100, I got to do 1,300 more. And they're not going to pay me like they pay that white man. So I was like, I was like, to what, to get 50 million? And my manager was like, do you hear yourself? Like, do do you hear yourself right now? Like, he was like, you wouldn't be willing to do the podcast two times a week for the next 10 years, knowing that it could be a $50 million payout at the end of it. Like, think about that. Like, you wouldn't do it. I mean, I was like, yeah, I would do it. I mean, honestly, I would do the podcast for free. Like I actually really, really enjoy doing it. I wouldn't do it two times a week for free. I want to do it once a week for free. But I was like, oh yeah, I guess like, all right, fine. You're going to have to adjust for inflation though. I don't want the same 50 million today. That's going to be 50 million down the line. I want like, you know, all my monies. I want like, you know, adjusted for inflation, 50 million. You're already going to pay me less. You could at least adjust for inflation. I try to make 50 million work the best I can. You know, I'll figure out a way to spend it. We spend it beautifully. Be spending it like how Marjorie Harvey spends money. That woman can spend some coin. Beautiful coin. <sighs> I was supposed to be talking about Jen and Ben because I don't think we mentioned them before. Oh, no, we did. When they first, when we thought they were first together. I hope they're happy. That's it. That's all I got. I hope they're happy. One of my friends did point out. They were like, what exactly did A-Rod do that Jen is out here like so blatant and so public with Ben? They broke up and she was with Ben, like what, like two weeks, maybe three weeks later, like openly, publicly, not trying to hide it. They were like, well, was she cheating with Ben all along? I was like, "Mm, who knows? You never know what people are up to. You don't put your shit on the Internet. Nobody really knows your business, which is how it's supposed to be. She looks happy. I hope she stays happy. And if she ain't happy, I hope she goes find some happy. That's all I got for her. What else is on our list of things to talk about? Oh, little Nas X. I think we, no, we didn't even talk about his video, but I love little Nas X. I mean, we've talked about him before. I just think he is dreamy. I think he is a professional troll. I think he is smart. I think he is a marketing genius. And I think he's gorgeous. I think he's just a really attractive, like gorgeous guy. And the men he has on stage with him are gorgeous and attractive too. And I was saying that to someone and they were like, but Demetria, they're gay. And I was like, yeah, what does that have to do with anything? And she was like, but you're attracted to like gay men. And I was like, they're hot men with abs. Like they're not attracted to me because they're attracted to men. I am attracted to men. I look at men and whether you're gay or straight or whatever, like I think you're hot, but I'm attracted to men. So I find men attractive. I'm not saying date, marry, like live out your best lives, but like to physically look at attractive. It's that simple. But I was very titillated by the video. And I was like, is there an unedited version? Like the guys all dancing in prison naked. They had like the blur. And even like the choreographer. Like I follow him on Instagram. He posted a picture. And he was blurred. And I was like, did you take your pants off too? To choreograph this? Or you had no reason to take your pants off. You just took them off. To be one with everyone else. I was like, are they actually wearing? Or were they naked? I don't know. It's probably just the blur. And they probably had like, you know, like the nude... If it was on a woman, it'd be called a panty, but like a nude, I guess not a boxer, maybe a brief. There was supposed to be a scene in um, the Don't Waste Your Pretty movie where the women, actually the scene did make it in. The, what was shown was not as titillating as what was filmed, but the call out for naked men had said that like, you know, you're going to portray, be portrayed as naked, but you will have, you know, proper covering. So your, you know, cock is not hanging out on set my mother hates that word she's like that's a white word <laughs> she thinks cock. she's like black people don't say cock and i was like american black people don't say cock Car- caribbean it's cock all day cocky <sighs> she gets so upset she's gonna call me about this episode I'm like i don't like that nasty word she doesn't call me about any of the f-bombs i dropped though Oh, bum. But I love the video, and I love that it. it was a video with a purpose. Like, Little Nas X, like I said, he's a marketing genius. He does this whole video about men in prison. And I think it's, like, another play on um, Call Me By My Name, which is, like, you know, you tell gay people they're going to hell all the time. So I'm going to make a video about it. I think this is another one where, like, you think gay men are in prison, I don't know, just running wild and having wild gay sex. And Little Nas just was like, yes, that's that's exactly what's going on. We're doing, you know musicals in the shower, butt naked. That's what gay men are doing in prison. But he also used his video to raise awareness about the bail project, which if you are or are not familiar with, the bail project provides cash bail for incarcerated people nationwide. And they have a movement to eliminate cash bail from the US criminal justice system. Wasn't this the story of what happened to Hold on, let me look the name up real quick. Khalid Khalif Browder, but wasn't that his story is he was accused of stealing a backpack and he didn't have money to get out of jail. And so he ended up staying there for three years. And then when he got out, he was all messed up for rightfully so I would be too. And then he committed suicide. Wasn't that his story that he didn't have the money to make bail? So he had, so he stayed in prison for all that time. That's crazy. Over stealing a backpack three years. But Lil Nas X is raising awareness with his new video, Industry Baby. So it's kind of interesting. Like the way so many allegedly straight men respond to Lil Nas X, they be so upset, especially black men too. They'd be so upset about him being like, you know, gay and happy because apparently you're supposed to be like miserable. But this, but like the gay guy or men like him that you're constantly condemning, this man is out here trying to raise money so if another black man or black person ends up charged with something but has bail they don't have to sit in jail awaiting trial because they can't make bail you're constantly criticizing someone who's trying to help your black ass once again in Lori harvey's voice why why but i love little nazax i think he's a national treasure personally i think he should be bubble wrapped for his own safety but you know that's not a choice he makes I hope that he remains safe and well. I pray for him. I want him to have nothing but good things in life. What else is going on? Simone Biles, she's been in the news since she pulled out of the Olympics. We talked about that last episode. She sent out a thank you recently. She said she didn't know so many people cared and that um, that she mattered beyond being a gymnast and acquiring gold medals. And I was like, oh, sis, 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 you are worthy because you are, not because of what you do. You just worthy that's it you don't need a reason you just that's it you just worthy period no reason necessary i saw michael che i don't even know how to identify him he's the black dude on saturday night live that's not keenan and he has a show on hbo and i tried to watch it because he did this interview with wendy williams and he just has like a real interesting sense of humor and i thought he was like amusing so i tried to watch his hbo show wasn't my taste I'm not gonna say it was a bad show it just wasn't my taste which is fine but he's in hot water this morning he deleted his instagram account because he acted a whole ass on instagram i don't even know like why he would do this it it just doesn't make sense but he got his happy ass on open instagram and was like i want to make fun of simone biles this was yesterday um, a bunch of news sources are reporting on it today but it happened yesterday But he got on Instagram. He says, I want to make fun of Simone Biles. I got like three minutes of Simone Biles jokes in my head. I'm going to the cellar tonight to say them into a microphone. As the dorky kids say, I'm choosing violence. Of all people to choose to make fun of, like why why would you choose someone who just pulled out of the Olympics because of mental health issues? Clearly she's going through something. Like she's the person that you really want to like make mental health jokes about really why just of all people why i checked a bunch of news stories and i couldn't find any of the actual jokes that he made it seems that people were sending him jokes and he was reposting them to his instagram stories which i'm like you this bored are you this bored but one of the jokes and this is probably the one that sank him although i didn't see the others one of the jokes posted was about this guy named larry nasser and he's the doctor who was sentenced to prison after being accused of sexual abuse by more than 150 women. And Simone Biles is one of his accusers. And just FYI, I'm reading this on Yahoo entertainment. So the joke quote and unquote was Larry Nasser understands Simone Biles better than anyone. He too had to quit doing what he loved at the pinnacle of his career because of mounting pressure. You think a joke about a man who, like, raped a bunch of girls? You're a rapist and a pedophile. This is what you want to make fun of? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So once he got, so once Che started getting backlash, he got on Twitter and joked, man, I got hacked today. Can't believe they got me. Y'all know I only do jokes about whites and cops. But the feedback was so bad that he, from what I'm reading, deleted his Instagram page good riddance nigga like why would you do that shit folks gotta have more to do with their free time or once again we've discussed this before get a group chat you need friends and you need a group chat these things are horrific to say they're absolutely horrific but goddamn it it's better to say it in the group chat than the goddamn internet like are you trying to get fired are you trying to be canceled People are like, oh my God, cancel culture. People should be able to say, there's some shit that like, no, really you shouldn't. I'm not saying violate people's first amendment rights, but I'm also pointing out freedom of speech only applies once again, because people always get this confused. Free speech only applies to to a guarantee that you will not be persecuted by the government. It has nothing to do with individuals deciding, I don't want to support your work or private businesses being like, you know what? We don't want to fuck with you anymore because you don't align with our values. It's not a violation of your free speech. Like, yes, you absolutely can say crazy shit. You don't have a freedom from consequences for saying crazy shit. I'm just saying. It's a risk you take. I say crazy shit. I realize that every time I push upload on my podcast, I have a risk of being canceled because I've said something that's offended someone. I'm sure I have. Every episode. Even when I think I'm not being offensive. Like, I thought saying that, People should get vaccinated. I thought that was a reasonable, logical, sensible, normal train of thought. And this woman got in the comments and she was like, I used to love Demetria's podcast, but she keeps telling people that they need to get vaccinated and it's a personal choice. And I don't like her stance on it. And so I'm no longer going to listen to her podcast. And I was like, yeah, me thinking that people should get vaccinated. It is not me holding someone down and forcing a damn needle in their arm. I can say you should get vaccinated and you can be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I personally think that's a stupid choice. But you're entitled to make it. I mean, you're a grown-ass person. Do what you do. But the idea of like, oh, she's trying to force people. No, I don't have the power to force you to get vaccinated. I have an opinion about vaccination like I have an opinion about everything else. I also think unvaccinated people are why we're going to end up on lockdown again. Because we are going to end up on lockdown again. I'm like 90% sure of it. I see it coming. You know what else I see? New York is not open. It's like maybe like a fourth of the people outside that will usually be outside. Like, even when I got off the train yesterday and, and came up the stairs at Penn Station, the first thing I thought was, like, where is everyone? Maybe they're all in Brooklyn. Which, oh, my God. Did we talk about this? I can't remember we talked about this. I didn't want to take the subway for various reasons. I go over the Manhattan Bridge, which takes you right down Flatbush, right? There's traffic on the bridge. which So, everyone's in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is crowded. Like, Brooklyn looks crowded like Atlanta is crowded. Like, Brooklyn is full. So, I'm going over the bridge. And, like, there's all these skyscrapers on each side. Like, it looks like if you've ever been to Dubai and you go down that main highway and it's, like, lined with skyscrapers on each side, it looks like Oz or some shit. It's nuts. But that's what Brooklyn looks like. And I was like, I've only been gone four years. How did this happen? looks crazy. I did notice, though, that most everyone had a mask on. In the museum, it was mandatory. But even today, like when I was walking around, like I walked from my hotel to the bridge and it was about like a mile walk or so, everyone had a mask. Like I wanted to take my mask off because it's, I mean, it's not hot outside, but it's a little bit warm. And so I wanted to take my mask off because one, I'm outside and two, I'm getting ready to exercise. And typically I don't wear a mask when I exercise. Like I'm far enough away from other people, but it's just enough people outside where you'll keep passing someone like every few seconds or so. So I kept my mask on. It was just like, you know, sweating profusely. Thanks, mom, for those jeans. Appreciate you. The vast majority of people walking around outside, I would say like 90 percent conservatively, it's probably more than that, that I've seen had on masks. So that gave me some comfort. But. These unvaccinated people who are not wearing masks, it's not all of you, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you want to wear your mask, carry forth. But these unvaccinated people who are not wearing masks, who are flooding the hospitals again, and people are going to the hospital and can't get treated for other things because the doctors are starting to be overwhelmed again. You're fucking up the system. Stop it. Get vaccinated or wear a goddamn mask. And I'm speaking to some of my friends, too. When I was in Atlanta, like some good friends, some good, good, sensible friends were like, mm, no, I don't, in, I don't believe in it. You don't believe in what? Science? One of my friends was like, you know, as a journalist, you know, you really should do your research. I was like, you mean like talking to doctors? yeah there's lots of doctors ER doctors nurses and such also in my comments who are just like yeah hospitals are being overwhelmed again get vaccinated sorry that was like a whole sidebar the unvaccinated thing just like pisses me off to no greater end vaccination was not on the bingo card but here we are nonetheless oh we have two more things to talk about one I talk about this all the time I don't need to talk about this like in depth so I guess not even I guess Dr. Dre is paying his ex-wife or a strange wife better, because their divorce is not final. He's paying her $300,000 of their money. They keep People keep saying it's his money. I wonder if people really understand what finances are in a marriage. They're married. It's not his money. It's their money. And they were married for like 20 some odd years. It's not like three, four years, five, seven years. Oh, oh Dr. Dre is paying her 300000 Yeah. He shouldn't have not given her access to her money. It's her money. It's their money. But he stopped giving her access to their money. So now she's getting access to their money again. People who like will never see $300,000 as an annual salary are like flipping out about the idea of like, you know, this gold digging woman, you mean his wife of 20 some odd years? Why do people not feel that like a long-term spouse is not entitled to anything? Like I'll give you like a couple years, you're like, nah, come on, that's, that's crazy. Six, seven years, I'll give you. Like, nah, that's crazy. But the 10-year thing in community property stakes, like, I actually think that's pretty fair. Like, we were in this for 10 years? I gave you 10 years of my life? And then you want to lowball me? Come on. She's with this man for, what, 23, 25 years? Come on. Run that lady her check. And again, it's not like Dr. Dre won't be able to eat. If he's paying her 300000 a month, it's because he has 300000 to pay. He's not going to be hanging in the chow line Because he's paying $300,000 a month. Dr. Dre will be okay. He can eat. He'll be fine. If he never works another day. If he never sells another beat or makes one. He'll be fine. All these like copper diggers. Isn't that what pennies are made out of? All upset about all these gold digging women. These gold digging women. Sir, this is not a concern that you need to have. You have no gold. You have no gold. You will never have to worry about a gold digger. Who's making $70,000 a year. Like, oh, she's a gold digger, sir. Sir. And I'm not saying that's not good and decent money. It is. But come on. Come on. That's not tricking money. That's not even tricking money in Atlanta where housing is cheap or was cheap. I don't know. Where is housing cheap? It's like a halfway decent place to live. It used to be Atlanta. But the Atlanta people are complaining. And I think it's normal. Only because, like, I went from, like, I don't know, Brooklyn, which was crazy, Back to D.C., which was nuts. And then to L.A., which is also nuts, but with better amenities and weather. So everything seems reasonable to me because I'm used to living in expensive places. But people are like, oh, Lord, these prices in Atlanta. And I was like, no, that's reasonable. That mortgage is still less than my rent, which is, I swear I got to buy something. Even if I don't move to Atlanta, I have to buy something. I'm getting killed in taxes. Jesus. No husband, no kids, and no property? Come on. Something has to give. Somebody want to loan me a kid for a deduction? oh last but not least this was on my list of things to talk about last week but i think i pushed the inner key too many times and i didn't see it come up whitey on the moon i was watching this documentary the other day it's um summer of soul it's quest loves documentary about this epic concert series that happened in harlem in the late 60s everyone their mom was there like stevie wonder was on the drums Mahalia Jackson was there Gladys Knight like a very very young Gladys Knight was there it's an amazing documentary you should definitely check it out I had my dad watch it and he was like oh my god that was so good there's a portion of the documentary where they put the concert series in context it happened over a series of weekends in the summer and one of the times where one of these concerts was taking place was the day of the moon landing and so all these black people are out here in the park. The interviewers are asking them, like, you know, you're out here in the park looking at these performances. Why are you not in the house? Why are you not in the house? White, and essentially, these black people are like, why do I give a shit about this white man on the moon? Like, how does this affect my life? We got all these problems in Harlem from housing to food to policing to whatever. And they spend all this money to put a white man on the moon. And then, of course, they talk about Gil Scott Heron and his song about Whitey on the Moon. And then I was thinking about, oh, what's the name of the show? I loved it so much. Lovecraft Country. In one of the episodes of the show, one of the first three episodes, the white people are trying to steal Tick's power so that they can be immortal. And I think Whitey on the Moon plays then. I tell you that to tell you that Whitey on the Moon is the first thing that popped in my head. When in the middle of vacationing in Mexico, I happened to log on. I had strong Wi-Fi for like the first time in a couple days. And I log on and I'm just like scrolling around to see what people are talking about. You know, as I'm laying on the beach and, you know, the breeze tangles my hair. Lord God, the conditioning situation. Oh, my God. When I got back from Mexico. Oh, my God. That's not the point. The point is Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos go into space. Now, Branson's spaceship looked better. Than Bezos, Bezos just basically launched a dick into space. Branson goes up into space. He spends all this money to go there. I want to say Virgin Galactic because used to have like the Virgin Airlines. Does he still have Virgin Airlines? Those are actually good planes. I like Virgin planes. But now they have Virgin Galactic. And Richard Branson carries his ass into space, and he does a video while he's up there. From what I read, didn't seem like a long time. Like like 15 minutes of space. That's what it seemed like. Was it longer than that? But Branson made this message. He said to the kids. I was once a child with a dream, looking up to the stars. Now I'm an adult in a spaceship. If we can do this, just imagine what you can do. I mean, I'm sure his heart was in the right place. And I'm, and far be it for me to try to count anybody else's coin. I mean, if you want to, you know, make all your money and then spend it on like a spaceship and, and launching your ass into space, you know, I mean, that's your choice. You are not obligated to solve world hunger or, or find a cure for cancer or anything else. You can really just, you know, stay white and die. That's, you know, that's fine. But trying to use this moment as an inspirational message to kids, like, did you mean like, I don't know, other affluent white kids? Did you mean like any of the kids that are like, I don't know, starving in India or or who have been orphaned by parents who have died for, who have died from COVID? Like, did you mean those kids? that you're not helping, that you could help, that you've chosen not to help because you like want to go into space, which again, fine, carry your white ass into space. But like the idea that this is like some sort of inspirational moment for children around the world that they too to go up to be like, you know, filthy fucking rich billionaires and to use their millions to do frivolous shit instead of like actually helping people with all their billions. Again, you don't have to do what the fuck you want, but don't pretend it's like some sort of inspirational moment for the world. Bezos, dick that he is, I mean, he launched one into space. That's just weird. He did an interview and he was like, basically, thank you, Amazon customers. You paid for this, which I was standing in line at the beauty supply store the other day. And the woman in front of me was talking to the cashier about how she's never buying anything from Amazon again. Because she was like, we all knew that Amazon money paid for it. But something about him saying it. I'm paying all this money for Prime to get my stuff because I'm too lazy to go to the store. And this man is using the money to go in the goddamn space. So now she don't want to use Amazon Prime no more. I wonder how many people feel that same way. I'm not going to stop using Amazon Prime. It's just too damn convenient. But if somebody comes up with a rival, I might switch. I'm just saying. Actually, I might not because Amazon prints my books. I'm kind of stuck here, shit. I still think he's a dick though. I did read that he gave a bunch of money to Van Jones and then also to, um, to Chef Jose Andres. No, Chef Andres, was there a documentary about him? Or maybe there was just like a long segment on like a 60 minutes or like a nightly news type thing. But he was feeding a bunch of families during COVID. He had a whole little system going. So good. I'm glad that he got that. He's, he's working really hard to end hunger. So good for him. Van Jones. You know, Van Jones works on prison reform. I told you about that documentary with Van Jones that I watched during the Tribeca Festival. Because like I was trying to give Van Jones a chance. And I was almost on his side. And then he does what Van Jones does. Like, he just, he cannot keep his foot out of his mouth. Like, he just, he can't help himself. There's a very famous entertainer that every time that she has a big project, she always says something stupid right before the press run. Like, every single time. It's happened, like, four times. And I was like, I feel like that's Van Jones. Right when he's on the cusp of something really, really good, he goes and, like, says something that's, like, ridiculously offensive to both Republicans and Democrats alike. And then people are like, fuck Van Jones. But Van Jones does have $100 million, allegedly to spend as he pleases, to address prison reform. I know he's going to fuck it up, but I hope that he doesn't. Like, a broken clock can be right twice a day. I hope that Van Jones gets this money and this is the one time that he doesn't fuck up the bag. I do actually genuinely think his heart is in the right place. I think his personality just needs God. That's it. I'm, needs God. I was going to say something else that was, you know, offensive. Needs God. Or some higher power. Maybe he doesn't believe. I don't know. But needs some intervention of a higher power. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those who don't identify as either, that is our episode for this week. As always, thank you for listening. I do appreciate you. I'm about to go edit this podcast and get it up and running. And then I'm about to hit these streets. I told one of my friends, she said, what are you doing tonight? I said, you know, I have dinner with Bevy. It's 7. And she said, okay, what are you doing after dinner? And I was like, Lord, I'm on the East Coast again. Because L.A., But most of my friends in L.A. called a good night by like 10, 10.30 at the latest. And I was like, my New York friends. Oh, okay, what are you doing after 10? What's the next spot? I was like, oh, we're on that again? Good. I look forward to the shenanigans. We'll talk again on Tuesday, y'all. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye.